Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters, the people who bring you this podcast. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to find out how you can get bonus episodes, a monthly newsletter, and so much more great stuff. Plus, you get to vote on bonus content sometimes. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to find out more and unlock all of our past bonus content when you sign up. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. 250th episode! It's buck wild to think about. <laughs> Truly 10 years. We're, we're recording this like exactly one month shy of, of two years. Uh, 10 years, two years, Jesus. 10 years. 10, 10, 10, 10. A full decade of, of this podcast. Holy shit. <laughs> um, it's so crazy. It is, it is bonkers. Uh, although we did accelerate the the race to 250 with the uh, extra Patreon content over over the years, so mm. I think technically, I think technically we didn't number the first Patreon episode as a regular episode. So I think technically Midnight Run is the number 250th, but this is the one with 250 in front yeah, of it. Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, so we are. Going back where it all started, I well, I guess I should do this part first. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is my dance partner, who was assigned to me not randomly by two people, maybe doing methamphetamine, but rather our parents, the Macho Man. Andrew Lano, and I would guess Oxy, but I don't know if that was in the around it's, in the eighties. I think it's too early for Oxy. I think we're still in like different. I think we're in a different party drug zone than than we are. Yeah. Now. I forget that Oxy is a party drug and not just like a drug drug. I mean, it's both. I mean, it certainly is. It, it is a uh, largely a drug that is killing people who are uh, dealing with chronic pain, uh, whether that's mental pain or physical, uh, but but also is a party drug uh, in some circles anyway. But yeah, I, I feel like this is too early. Like Oxy hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, I didn't watch that show, the Dope Sick show, so I don't know when it was invented. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't either. But I know that it's like a '90s, 2000s. Mm. Like it's modern. Yeah, there were other painkillers back then. But I, I, I assume this guy's doing speed. I feel like that was the, 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 the one you'd get in a medicine bottle back in the 1980s. I mean, you still get it. Did I still get it today? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Five yes. days a week. Uh, that is true. That is true. Uh, we are going back to where it all began, uh, episode one, episode 250, uh, either already happened or will happen. I'll put the other, the original episode up in the feed for, uh, for people to listen to, uh, maybe we'll record a little intro for it at the end. Uh, you know, we, we uh, this is a note for you. We should record a little <laughs> intro to it at the okay. end to be like, Hey, we're, we're, the audio quality is terrible. So you, you, there's a little preview, um, but anyway, uh, this is how we're celebrating that uh, that big milestone 250. So uh, if you check your playbills or, or the show notes below, you'll see that uh, we'll have an understudy performing the role of Doc Brown in today's episode. That will be me. So uh, uh, <clears throat> we got to go back. We got to go to where it all started. Episode one again. I like that. We got to go dissect the 80s. There it is. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 8880s. Ice Cup. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. 
You also have to forgive that my voice is uh, a little more Kathleen Turner, Jessica Rabbit today. Or B. Arthur, depending. I don't know. Honestly, you're like almost touching on like ASMR zone. Uh, yeah. It's like really close to that. It's just what happens because when I get sick, having done theater for so long and like voice lessons and being very in tune with how, quote unquote, the instrument works, like <laughs> my body instinctively does things now. Like when I can feel my voice going, it's like, okay, relax everything. And you're going to accept the fact that where your voice is. So don't push, don't strain. Yeah. Without even yeah, like sure. thinking about makes, it, makes sense. Yeah, you're honestly like when I get sick and have a cold, like my voice comes, my voice comes up somewhat. Like I'm pinching my nose now and I'm trying to mimic mm-hmm. it, but like my, I think mine gets a little up and yours goes down, which is yeah. I, it, like you're, you're 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 not you're a little uh, the the road is gravel instead of tarmac, but you're like almost down here. You know, yeah, I could like I, coming in. I could, you're coming into this ball. I could definitely do like late night radio spots. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, are you looking for the perfect Valentine's day gift for the woman in your life? Check out Derek's roses on 110 Michigan Avenue. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like you're in that ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, this movie astonishingly has a four and a half star rating on prime, which is, Truly, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't hate this movie. I haven't seen it in 10 years. Look, okay, okay, that's fine. I don't hate this movie either. I I enjoyed this more than I thought I was. As I said in the last episode, I was enjoying it. But come on, four and a half? (laughs) Like, come on. I mean, this is is a lower tier than your top, you know. I would say maybe a three and a half, but I. I, That's what I'm saying. That's where it belongs. I'm not saying. I was like, it's not offensive. Like, I. On IMDb, it's like 5.9 out of 10, which I feel is like 0.42 low. But I feel like this is a perfect 3 out of 5 movie. I I truly think that the only reason that this movie faded into so much obscurity is because they couldn't license a lot of real music. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's so close to being a Footloose. Sure. A lead person who grew into like astronomical success, a supporting cast that also had some like big big names in there i mean andrew Sil- andrew silverman is like a perfect example of somebody who was like a big name for like three years mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he he you know weekend of bernie's was a huge hit they made another mm-hmm. one you know what i mean so yeah and then plus shannon doherty becomes very famous helen hunt this. is in Obviously, this helen hunt is a very good actress um rdj has no lines but he's here yeah, I I think that's like one that people will be like, huh, what, you know? And allegedly Gina yeah, Gershon. Yeah. Great character actor Ed Lauder as the dad, which I completely uh-huh. forgot. My image in my head of the dad was like a big fat guy with a beard. I didn't I get beard, but I definitely got like a big red faced, like spitting when he talks, man. Yeah, yeah. In in like my vague a, memory of more... military, because truly all I remember from this movie is Sarah Jessica Parker and military, military bullets. bullets. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, when I took the episodes down, we like put the, the worst sounding episodes down and put our best audio foot forward. I downloaded a few and this was one that I like went back to a couple times, like made sure my phone didn't auto delete it when it finished. And I was like, wow, one audio quality is shit. <laughs> and 
too. Um, the, the I having now I, I remember that the military bullets was just like a runner that I was making myself laugh with, which you know not much has changed in making this podcast. See yeah. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands and Edward <laughs> Puke. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I was like, you weren't coming along in the moment, and I was like, in a week he's gonna think this is funny when I talk about it. I'm gonna come like you just laughed now. I'm like, I come come along. You don't come come over to my island. It's very nice here. I I'm like laughing it. at how silly you. You are not the bit. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's what I was. That's what I mean. But that that was the same thing. Although you did laugh at military bullets, uh, from my recollection in the moment. But it was just like, oh, it's just some dumb thing I was making myself laugh with. But it's like, I still think the character sucks. But he's like way less military than than I than than that bit would lead me to think. Of. So he's less true military and more like militaristic. Yeah, he's just strict dad, though. You know what I mean? It's like... But he has the jargon. not as... He does use some of the jargon. That's true. He does. But it's not like... Yeah, I don't know. It just... It felt less... Uh, it felt a little... It felt more just like generic strict dad with like a military veneer as opposed to like, uh, you know, a full-on military. Uh, we start this movie with uh, a foot thing that's doing something for somebody. I mean, Footloose did it too. Was that before yeah, or after yeah. this? A foot... Foot Footloose has that trailer where it's just feet, but they're in shoes that we made that we and used like, for our first right, first live show. Our live show, uh, a live show. No, our a live show, but not first. Um, I think it might have been our third live show. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, we used to have fun trailers but, for our live shows. Yeah, <laughs> well, we put a lot of effort into them, and then you know. Not that many people came to them, and uh, as someone it was, as as someone who performs frequently, yeah, that happens. I once did a yeah. a musical to an audience of my boyfriend, and yeah. it wasn't a, yeah. a preview. It wasn't like he came to a rehearsal. This was a an advertised middle of the run performance where only he bought a ticket. Yeah. Well, the other thing uh, is there are two outlets for live shows were the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, which did not survive COVID. Yes. And the Baltimore Podcast Festival, which I organized, <laughs> like I created that and I did it for three years and then I moved away from Baltimore and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, uh, I had, you know, I had talked to some people in Baltimore about being like, hey, I'd love to not be the guy, but a guy on a team that does this. And it was like some forward momentum. And then it was just like, oh, no, uh, COVID never going to happen again. So uh, also one of the venues that we we did it at closed down. There was some issue with the landlord, oh, I bummer. think, and a, a very... Yeah, so very, very cool venue. Uh, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, R.I.P. to, oh my God, I just forgot the name. I was. I thought you were saying the name. I thought, uh, oh my God, was going to be like, R.I.P. to, oh my no, God. It was like coming out of my mouth and I was just like, oh, there it goes. Uh, boy, howdy, that's sad. I will uh, I will remember that at some point. But uh, really lovely, really lovely place I saw a lot of fun stuff at in Baltimore. Uh, anyway. So we haven't done live shows in quite some time, but maybe maybe again uh, someday. Maybe we'll do a live stream live show yeah. uh, at some point. We've talked about that a lot. Maybe we'll try to play with that and see if we can make that work. But anyway, she's like this. I feel like this is a little more like say than the uh, a little bit the foot loose because she takes the foot out of the shoe and she's like rubbing her leg with it. And I was just like, all right, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> I mean, it is a thing a people bit. do. It is. It does feel yes. weird. 
but it's more it's more it's not like it's not her doing it that i find weird it's the like we're gonna do a tight close-up on your foot where i was just like okay all right i don't know how old she is irl but she's playing a child yeah also i full disclosure if anyone went back into the archives and listened to this episode i didn't so if i make the same comments questions or jokes as the first time it is not intentional yeah, I, I honestly, part of the reason I didn't go back was that, one, I didn't want to taint it because I knew I would, like... Remember things. ...mess with myself. Yeah, remember, yeah, and also, uh, it was just, like, it's going to be very funny because I will go listen oh, to... Oh, yeah, once it's done, yeah. This. Yeah, and I'll be like, oh, so uh, how uh, <laughs> how many jokes did I repeat? How many rin- runs did I repeat? It's like, I know I can't say military bullets. We'll say it, well, I'm sure we'll say it once that. just to, like, yeah. cleanse the palate, yeah. but... We'll, we'll we'll pop the three people who are waiting for it. They're like, are they going to say military bullets? <laughs> hey, I said nothing! Yeah! Also, so, but I um, feel like I never saw new students do this in, in school. Oh my God, that is literally a question I wrote down to ask you. I was like, we have to talk about I, I was this. never the new kid because movies. I went to this, like, I went through the, I did, we didn't move the time I was in school. So actually, so actually, this is very funny. You didn't have this, but I did. I went to three elementary schools. Oh, that's right. We moved, and then we got redistricted. So I went I went to one school for K through two, another for third and fourth, and then my fifth grade year, which felt like a big like wrench away because it was like your last was year the of the Creek elementary school. The first or second? I went to Lionville, then Shimona Creek, then uh, Pickering. Okay. Oh, I forgot I went to Lionville. Yeah. That was when I was, uh, like, our before we moved, I, I went there because I'm a little older than you. Um, so I, I had three elementary schools. And so I, I very much related to, like, being the new kid. But I feel like this is new kid mid-year always in movies. So I feel like if it's first day of school, everybody does the, like, tell us what would you do with your summer? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, you know, uh, we have a new student joining us. But it's like, it was always from the seat, never in front of the class. Yeah, it was like maybe they would stand up and, like, do a half wave. I would I would picture yeah 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 I don't I don't remember standing up um I probably would not have minded the attention but mm-hmm. I, as a as a tidy attention well theater, it just seems weird definitely... to be like okay and now do an extempo piece on yourself that you're not yeah. prepared for yeah Right, and the nun's like asking her questions, like, "Oh, you're gonna have Chicago's got a lot to live up to." Well, the frankly, I appreciated the nun guiding because clearly SJP was like, "I I don't know what to say." I'm, I'm not in, yeah. I'm 17 and now painfully right. aware of my existence and please right, stop right, looking right. at me. <laughs> All I do is think about my body and how weird it is and how I don't really know how to move it anymore. Uh-huh. Like suddenly I'm falling all the time. Uh, I had a fun realization recently where like I was, and I think I still have like in the family, the reputation is like the, the clumsy, you know, glute sort of what? somewhat. What? And it was like. I was wearing the wrong size shoes from age like 13 to 17. What? I was wearing shoes too big for me because yeah, my feet were wide. And I like, oh. for whatever reason, we just like didn't know this information was like useful, I suppose. <laughs> and so I had to buy sh- like I'm a, I'm a 10 and a half wide, which is a shoe that's essentially a square. Mm-hmm. Uh, a small boat. And yeah, it's a, it's, but, but it's a square is what it is. It's not a, it's necessarily a boat. It's a it's just it's about as wide as it's tall. I'm kidding, but but 
I, in order to be comfortable in my shoes, I was wearing like size 12. So I was like going through puberty, which makes you gangly and awkward. And I was wearing clown shoes. And so it's like, of course I fell down all the huh. fucking time. Like my shoes are too big. And I, it's like, it was, it's not, there's no blame to be placed here, but it was just like, I, I couldn't find comfortable shoes because I was trying to wear, like if, if now, if I tried to put on a regular pair of shoes, that wasn't wide, I probably would have to wear a 12 before my sh- my foot didn't feel like tortured. So I was just like, huh, I wonder if this contributed to me being like such a gangly goofus. It could be. Yeah. I, uh, I was thinking about that last time I bought shoes. I mean, that's why Charlie anyway, Chaplin so looked just, funny. He wore what? Uh, like the he wore shoe one walk. shoe that was bigger. That was too big and one shoe that was too small. So he had a weird gait. Oh, interesting. I did not know. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, but yeah, I was like, huh, maybe that's part of the reason. I mean, I also broke a lot of things because I was like a, you know, kind of a uh, bull in a china shop. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a lot of true, grace so, to be found. Uh, you know, no, no. Although it's funny when I played football, that was like, oh, you you have that. You have this like quick footed athletic, not fast as in like, oh, he runs in a straight line faster, but like agility type quickness. I was like one of the better players on the team for that. And so it's like, well, where did that happen? It's like, <laughs> like, oh, probably because I was wearing shoes that fit. I mean, it could also be the, the perspective of like the crowd you were in. No, I'm talking about the whole team, not just the offensive linemen, not just the fat guys. I was like the top of the linemen, oh. like uh, ranking in the low level of the more, you know, faster, small people. Anyway, enough bragging. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is doing the standard, like, I'm new to the school. I like uh, boys. I like going to the mall. I like, I, I like my favorite gloss. is, I like, mu- uh, well, yeah, that one is good. But I, my favorite is, I like music, which is the least helpful piece of information. I listen to music and I, I like to drink coffee. Take them out of your dating profile. If you if you were on Tinder or, or Bumble or now, Hinge or whatever and you... Now, if you want to say I'm like a coffee nerd, like I'm that's into a different coffee, thing. Like, this is like I drink coffee and yes. I like music. Take him out of there. Yeah, yeah. You're taking yeah. up valuable character concerts. space. Concerts. I love concerts, and here's some bands I like. Good, useful information. Yeah, listing like favorite music. bands so is does, not. I like music. So does. <laughs> the only people who don't like music are robots and pardon me i hope this isn't you freakos mm-hmm. because like everyone likes music of course they do that's like the most basic human thing do you also like water and breathing yeah although it is funny that people don't feel that way about movies like if someone said i like movies my brain just goes oh that's that is your a unique thing even though i would say 99 percent of people like movies that's the thing i when someone says I like movies, I'm like, oh, like what are you into? And then, like you can you can get like a spark there, which I guess the music does. The <laughs> but same that's thing. what I mean. Like it, it music do. should elicit the same response, but it doesn't. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's like, well, no shit. I, I I would say, yeah, the movie thing. I, I don't. I think movie thing is less universal somehow. I think it's more like, like I've met a good chunk of people who are like, yeah, I'm just not into them. Like I, I'll watch a movie, but I don't love movies. My wife is more like that than me. Yeah. Like. Certainly, yeah. She's she's not a nerd for movies. She's like she'll watch movies. She she will enjoy movies, but like I'm ninety nine percent of the time the ones like you want to go see this. You want to go see this? You know? Yeah. Uh, but she does gymnastics, uh, which is not dancing, which all of these movies do, and drives me insane. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it, it's it is an equally impressive thing, but it is not the same. Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Just make it a gymnastics competition then. Like what what are we doing here? Or I guess there, there is a way moves. to incorporate some gymnastics into a dance that doesn't feel like and now I'm taking a gymnastics break. Yeah. She does at one point like like a bunch of coordinated handsprings leading to I guess a backflip or a back I think it's called a back tuck. Count as a handspring. Okay. 
that's probably i was like I, there must be another name for it because your hands are involved but it's just like, yeah i think it's back springs into a back tuck i think i will say they do quite a bit of dancing but oh, there's, there's just a lot of gymnastics quite a lot of dancing i just wish the gymnastics was more incorporated or just not instead here. of sitting on top <laughs> uh also uh, we didn't mention sarah jessica parker's got the the super elaine bennis hair here with the like long in the back shield in the front <laughs> sort of thing going on yeah it's the like sort of like an iceberg on the head it's it's like a double side part on either side and then the center portion is pulled back it's hard to pull off it honestly has like a lot in common with a pompadour. Yeah, it, or that, that like 60s kind of mini bump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so her hair is enormous. And mostly I think this is so when they have the stunt doubles or dance doubles, I'm, I'm not sure which which are, which for these gymnastics doubles, frankly, for some of it, they can just easily hide that it's not Sarah Jessica Parker because they're like, ah, oh, you just have this huge wig on. It's like an octopus hanging <laughs> on up there. Or they just put them in, in all shadow. But we'll get to that when we get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she she says she loves this dance TV show, uh, which is very which much is like a the worst talent. name. Like you, it's up there with like dance unobtainium TV. and like this. Yeah. You couldn't do a single second pass at this thing and be like, well, I don't get why it it's not blank blanks dance tv like i always say corny collins as if hairspray is just so ubiquitous i guess dick clark's american bandstand is probably the more i mean i I would i'll depending on the air this could be you know sacrilege i think saying dick clark's bandstand and corny collins show is are probably equatable in terms of you know cultural echelon Do do you remember we went there was like a dick clark's restaurant that we went to it was at kop mall no what I don't think it's there anymore. It was like, it was not like aggressively themed. Was it like a Planet Hollywood type thing where there's like memorabilia? No, there wasn't memorabilia. There was more like photos in the walls. It honestly was like a Johnny Rocketsy vibe. Okay. Like a I mean, of, that's. I, my my memory is like linoleum and chrome. Is Are you talking about it became inside. Ruby's Diner? It, that would be the most obvious like new. Now it's a pho restaurant. Oh, yeah. is it? Is it still chrome? Yeah, it's the same interior, but it's called Fullicious. It's chrome and everything. Okay, that definitely was the Dick Clark's American Bandstand restaurant. I remember we went and mom was like delighted by it because she watched that show yeah. as a kid. Um, it's like, you know, I, uh, obviously we, there was- like, And one of dad's time relatives was on it. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I assume that these shows were kind of ubiquitous, but the interesting thing about this one is it's like in Hairspray- I always got the vibe. Maybe you would know more than me, so correct me. Courtney Collins is like a local version of this, right? It's yeah. not a national broadcast. I, I think it. W- I don't. It might have been statewide, but it's definitely yeah. not a yeah, nationwide yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. I think it's beyond yeah, just Baltimore, right. but it's definitely not like yes. a. So people in Nevada aren't watching the Courtney Collins show. Yeah, I would guess that it's basically like the the reach of the station, which is by like I live in D.C. and with my antenna, I can pick up Baltimore stations. Yeah, sometimes not always. Sometimes the weather blocks it, but like I can pick up them fairly easily. So that's probably it. It's based on like broadcast strength. It was probably like you probably could draw a circle about sixty miles of outside Baltimore. So like maybe parts of Virginia, maybe parts of PA, mm-hmm. Delaware, etc. Yeah, <clears throat> depending on how strong people's antennas were. So this one, though, is clearly more like a Dick Clark, like national show, yes. because there's a couple from Sh- Miami in it, which later we find they, out. Well, they, they came to audition from Miami. That's insane. Well, I mean, I guess if they are on the Corny Collins show and they're like, you're our best dancers, 
oh, maybe the Courtney Collins show of Miami, like, funded it. I, I, or partial. I, I, it seemed, that's the vibe I got, was, like, they're the best dancers on their local show, so they were like, hey. I need the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern movie where, did I say that you right? did. Okay. Uh, where they, like, have a fundraiser to, like, it's like a prequel spinoff series. It's, <laughs> girls still just want to have fun. And it's, it's like. Girls are like, about to have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like the, that bizarre pink lady show on uh, <laughs> oh, Paramount God, Plus that's... where this is, this is, now look, I'm, there is a way to say the thing I'm about to say that is extremely racist. And I hope that we have the benefit of the doubt that I am not extremely racist. But it's hilarious to me that they do these prequels to things like Greece, where there is like, is there a single non-white person in that movie? Mm. I, I've not seen it. No, probably not. The sequel doesn't have any. Okay. So if there are any non-white people, they probably have very small parts. And then in the prequel Pink Ladies, it's like a very diverse cast of people of different races. And there, I haven't watched it, but there's probably a, a people of different uh, non people who aren't straight in it, too. Members of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community are probably. Involved. Oh, there's lesbians and in that it's show. Like, yeah. And then it's like, well, wait, what? What happened then? <laughs> Where'd they all go? So, what happened to all these people? Why is it all just white girls with blonde hair? So in the in the mini in the f- couple clips of the Pink Lady show I've seen, everyone in that show is a senior, and the the people we oh. know from Greece are about to become freshmen. So like, oh. it's like so the incoming class is just all white straight. The next, people. yeah, I think. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Do with it what you will. Your mileage may vary. That's the fucking funniest answer you could have given me. But the idea is that someone's, they're like, oh, Rizzo, you're going to be a freshman next year. And Rizzo is like (laughs) the badass senior bitch in Greece. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's the stupidest idea imaginable. I mean, you know. Oh, that's really funny. No, look, look, it's better when things are inclusive. I think it's better that they're not like, well, the pink ladies is all straight white girls. So guess what we have to cast? Like, obviously, this is an improvement, but it's very funny to me. (laughs) I didn't realize they justified it in universe. I mean, I'm not saying that they full, but the the prequel is set like significant, like five years before the movie Grease. Right, 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 right. Well, they certainly figured out the answer to my question. I mean... (laughs) Uh, well, no, this is like uh, uh, not really the same, but similar. Like I, I've, I love the Purge movies, and I've talked about them on the show before. And it's like part of the reason why I find those movies so fun is like as the series progresses, the movies the, or the I mean, TV show, the the all of it, uh, the 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 the, the, the franchise. universe of the Purge. Yeah, it's the franchise continues. All of it, or almost all of it, is by the same guy. I'm 99 percent sure it's James DeMonico. Don't scream at me if I'm wrong. But he had this like big vision, and the first thing he could get funded was like a very low budget home invasion movie. But he was like, "Oh, I have all these ideas." Yeah, the first the, so the original in, Purge movie, which I don't like to say the first Purge because the first Purge is a you movie. Have to say you have to say the the, purge, the original Purge, comma the first movie. The original Purge is not the movie you think it is. It is it is a home invasion cla- is a claustrophobic <laughs> home invasion story. Yeah. Now, I, I, I avoided it for a long time because I, I typically don't like home invasion stuff, although I've come around on that. And also, I thought the premise sounded dumb. But what's fun about those movies and the television show, at least the second season of the television show, the first one kind of sucks, uh, 
the more they go on, the more questions they answer about the universe. So like everything you would talk about those movies with your friends where you go, yeah, all right, but like what's insurance like? Like one of the movies has a subplot about purge insurance and how like the one guy's policy gets canceled on purge night. And so he has to guard his store. Like they're they're, they're reading Cracked and BuzzFeed and they're yeah. all the, the think pieces that come out after. And then they immediately grab those into the next cycle of production. I honestly think it's even deeper than that. I think DeMonico has been like thinking about this for a very long time and like had a book and it was just like, what comes up? Like he probably, like, I'm sure he did, you know, I'm sure he reacted too. but the way I've heard him talk about it, he was like, oh no, I've been thinking about this for like decades before that first movie was created. Like I had all of these ideas of this like big idea thing to come out. So, uh, much like that, like, they were like, well, we got to answer the question of how how do the pink ladies get less diverse? <laughs> well, here it is. Like, I love the idea. I love it. People love Greece. There's a universal love for it. We got to do it. You got to give me, you know, I need more than just, you know, blonde white girls in there. But it leads to just blonde <laughs> white girls. So can you add that to part of it? Yeah, it's like because I think you, I think you see like Rizzo and Frenchie from the original movie as mm. like eighth graders. Okay. And they look, I, th- I think, like they do in the movie. I think. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> did they de-age? Stockyard Channing? No. God, I wish. I love Stockyard Channing. <laughs> did, they, did they go like, all right, walk on your knees. We're going to de-age your face. <laughs> and for some reason, we're not going to change your voice, so you're going to sound like this, a la Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> Spend all this money to de-age him, and he's talking like this as young Indiana. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. They they didn't do is they the the movie opens with like I like the movie, but it opens with like a fifteen or twenty minute sequence. It's like a de-aged indie. It doesn't really the de-age. The, I like the sequence. The de-aging, I think, it, I don't like. I, I'm just never gonna like. Yeah. it. It's, I just have gotten over that. But they had Harrison do the voice and didn't de-age his voice. At that point, just get his get a vocal double like you. I, there's yeah. got to oh, be yeah. eighteen thousand Harrison Ford soundalikes. Absolutely, and the other, the other, the other, that would be the, the the preferred option. But the other thing they do now is they they just digitize you as an actor and then basically turn you into sp- uh, speak and spell in the uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, the 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 no the episodes of Bo- Book of Boba Fett where Mark Hamill's like creepy ghost CGI Luke Skywalker shows up. Sure. It's like nineteen eighties Luke Skywalker. They uh, he didn't record new dialogue. They just like went in, they just digitized all of his dialogue from Star Wars. And then they just made like a speak and spell of the phonetic sounds based on all of the lines of dialogue and outtakes. And then they just had to be like, come along, Grogu. So they did something like that with um, PhilharMagic in Disney World. They wanted to use the original Donald Duck voice. So they combed through like hours and hours of all the footage. And apparently... Yeah. um. The only two lines of dialogue they had to record because in all the original like 30 years of Donald Duck, he never once said please or thank you. So they had to get the new guy to record those. Yeah, it seems like pretty easy to fix that problem. Yeah, Um, but apparently for Snowpiercer, all of the actors were asked to come in and do full body scans and emotion captures and weren't told why. And it was so that they could then just be put into anything for the show. The show or the the movie? The show. The Snowpiercer t- oh, TV okay. show. Okay. It's all coming out now as part of all the nonsense with the with studios trying to not pay actors. 
Yeah. Like how uh, Zordon was paid $150. Total? For, he, was, he was like, they asked me to come in for one day. He paid, got paid $150, spent hours filming things, and he is in every single episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Holy shit, that's like straight evil. Yes. Yes, it is. Like, that's That's crazy. Terrible. Did he at least get residuals? I have no idea. I, I, the, I've been seeing the, the, the headlines and the Twitters, but I've not. Jesus. Yeah, Zordon. Uh, so here's my big beef with the uh, the opening chunk here. So Sarah Jessica Parker's like, oh, I uh, I love this dance show. You know, da 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 da. We get to the um, uh, we get to the bus after school, and it's uh, she's like holding her jacket out to cover for for Helen Hunt uh, doing a quick. I also always confuse Helen Hunt and Holly Hunter when I when I read their names. So I saw double H's. I was like, ooh, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be it's gonna be her. I was like, no, it's not. You're gonna be a dancer. We're gonna get you up on stage. Leave leave dancing to the man? I don't think so. It's a new woman's world. <laughs> That's my go-to line that gets me right into her voice. You know what's you know what's fucked. Obviously, it doesn't sound anything like him, but we have turned because we live in D.C. and he's like he's a person around town. Have turned like Joe Biden into a character for our lives, and my Joe, the Joe Biden voice that we do in our house is like pretty much right here. It's it's, it's it doesn't sound very close to, like to Holly Hunter. Yeah, it's like, I I've learned just now that my Joe Biden and Holly Hunter are the same voice. But we were we were at the cherry blossoms when they were blooming and walking around, and there was a. A uh, presidential helicopter that came and did like a like a, a a lap around the cherry blossoms basically, and then like left, and then it came back later, and we were just killing ourselves laughing at the idea that it was Joe Biden in there being like, "Bring around again, I want to see the blossoms." <laughs> I'm also picturing that like the helicopter go around the other way, go around the other way. My granddaughter's at that window. I want her to see the blossoms. I'm picturing that the helicopter gets too low, and you get two scientists running out and like cover the blossoms. Cover the trees. Cover <laughs> yeah, it. They, they would. They would blow right off the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it did like three passes around, and I just kept. We just kept doing this stupid <laughs> bit of like, oh, look at all the people out. Love the people out in the it's city. It's basically, ironically, it sounds like Nicolas Cage doing a Holly Hunter. Yeah, it's sort of in there too. I could see it being like a, a Nick Cage impression. It's pretty versatile. Yeah. The bad voice. But if it is it has become Joe Biden's voice in our house. Again, sounds nothing like him, but it's just like our version of it. So anyway, that the Holly Hunter just blew my mind there. <laughs> uh but we we get this like uh rundown of the dance show, and this American dance show that's apparently very popular is hosted by some Australian Javoke. Like, where's the American host? So, what is this? A James Corden sitch? I <laughs> I wrote down. I'm they just give us our, their trash. They're like, hey, we don't like this guy anymore. You guys take him. Yeah. Um, I wrote down. I was surprised they didn't get like a real celebrity be, to be their host. But apparently this guy was something of like an L.A. celebrity. Like he was. Oh, like a local guy? Yeah. So he was like a radio DJ. I think it was sort of like. Okay. The way. <laughs> My guess was going to be like sexy weatherman. <laughs> no. I. So I think it was in the same way that like if they put Angeline in something like everyone in LA would know who they were and some people yeah, outside yeah, yeah. might like yeah so i think he was like i don't know c-list celebrity that's lower than that i think i think if you're a local celeb in LA you're well, probably lower i don't than know about C-list. maybe local's the wrong word but like i know what you like mean like syndicated radio host kind of thing yeah and he hosted okay, other yeah. like 
not TRL, obviously, but in that vein of like top right. 40 countdowns. I, I was just saying like Casey Kasem is probably like a B list guy at the height of his fame, right? At the very, very tippy. Yeah. Top. So if this guy is lower than Casey Kasem, C list feels high. That's all I was. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe maybe he and Casey Kasem were on par at this time, and time just forgot about him. It could. Well, he didn't voice anyone on Scooby Doo, so why the fuck would we remember him? I want you all to turn to the other dial and tell that guy to fuck himself. (laughs) Casey Kasem, over and out. Was he Shaggy or Scooby? Yeah, definitely Shaggy. Not wait, no, Frank Welker was Scooby. Yeah. All animals in all animated things are Frank Welker. Yes, yes, they are. Although he also does Fred, and he still sounds like a late 20s. Welker does Fred? Yeah. I'm like 99% sure. I mean, he's one of those very talented... I mean, we joke about Frank Welker, but he's an incredibly talented voice actor. Like, it doesn't surprise me that he can lower the age of his voice. Yeah, it's just always so funny, because to watch interviews with, like, the current cast of stuff... Mm, It's like four 20-year-olds. Well, it's Matthew Lillard... Matthew Kate McCucci, yeah. Gray Griffin. Oh, okay. And then Frank Welker. Who's Gray Griffin? So she previously went by Gray Delisle, and now she's Gray Griffin. She's not like a fam- she You would know her okay. voice. A voice actor. Yes. She's like okay. a wildly prolific voice actress. Um, Any big role that people may know? So. By people, I mean me. She was in uh, Fairly Odd Parents as uh, the babysitter. She, voice- okay. she voices Daphne now. Like her... Um, Okay, I've seen some. I've seen like I, the. It's probably ten years old now, but there was a supernatural episode that did Scooby Doo. That must have. It would have been in the gray era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, not Casey Kasem, nor is it Frank Welker, but we have some Australian jamoke. Yeah. Um, and we're we're talking about the show on the bus. Helen Hunt's doing this quick change, and then we get. This movie is like mostly fine and doesn't really do anything weird. And then suddenly Helen Hunt's like, "Ugh, I know I must be horny." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I feel yeah. like even before that was an emotional thing I experienced, I understood what the term meant. It doesn't seem like you do, character Helen Hunt. Yeah, that that was strange. Also, the uh, set for Dance love- TV is massive, and. It's huge. This place is like an airplane. And there aren't enough dancers. No. It reminds me of... That costs too much money. (laughs) Yes. It reminds me of when I saw The Little Mermaid on Broadway. And like, when you see... When it's an animated thing, they can fill the screen with fish. When you are bound by the limitations of gravity and humans, it's harder to fill an entire floor-to-ceiling stage with with people. (laughs) I'm imagining a version of Under the Sea having to be like drastically edited down because like <laughs> we don't have a bass that plays the bass, you know? <laughs> no, so like the problem is but he's got instead of it being the like 22 instruments that he, uh, Sebastian runs down where you know the harp plays the harp, the bass plays the bass, he's like got four. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they do name everything, but the problem is they were able to fill the stage floor, but then like it just looks very empty because mm-hmm. there's nothing for the like the 20 feet above the actors heads sure so sure, they had sure. to they need like some fish on strings they probably. needed that um instead of the heelys like uh like a what's what's the thing you put over a baby's crib? a mobile you they need a mobile of like uh like a bunch of fish just like that lowers and has like swimming fish it should work right so what they did was like like if you like if you only put 
if you only put like three fish in a circle, it wouldn't feel like a mobile quite as much. No, I get you. It would just they would move around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. What they did was have two or three these of these like ten foot tall pillars on the stage, and they uh-huh. ha- each had an actor like sitting on their knees on top of them. <laughs> and then, do you remember Sky Dancers? Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they had like Sky Dancer arms. It's like a, a string with a thing at the end. No, so the the arms of the sky dancers were their propellers. So they were like their arms, and then they. But I'm saying, uh, oh, the sky dancer was like you'd pull a ripcord, and the thing would. And the toy would right? go, and the the da- okay. dancer would spread their arms. Okay. So they would slowly columns would slowly spin, and these poor actors would just like raise their arms and lower them just to fill the space. So they were the they were the sky. They, it was literally a sky dance, a slow sky dancer. <laughs> That's a bad idea. It is. My idea it is needed work. Much cheaper the, the, and better. A lot of that show was great. <laughs> a lot of that show needed work. Why is the why is it that I off the top of my head could made a better thing than a person? So the problem was probably money. that they didn't have any room left in the in the in the in the what fuck the scaffold or yeah the oh my god I'm gonna I'm mad at myself that I can't remember the word fly space was already full from all the other shit was up there because like yeah. Prince Eric's boat was like three separate flies so that it would break every night when like okay, the lightning well, hit it all it would go in pieces and shift and move and break I'm going to take your note and I'm going to say okay great no problem we'll make the mobiles on a roller with a big arm that sits on the stage and we'll just paint it the same color as the backdrop we'll roll it out <laughs> let it go and then the stagehands can roll it away yeah. Done. Fixed it again. I I bet they also probably money, didn't, please. I bet they probably also didn't want to just repeat Lion King because a lot of Lion King is like the mm. puppets and the and yeah, the wire work. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, I I'm sure saying. sure yeah. part of it was like we can't just repeat ourselves. But yeah, yeah. If it works, yeah. Um. So the other this is the other you mentioned this already, but this is my big beef with this movie is like we cheaped out on the music. And it feels like the Hallmark Channel equivalents where, like, my running theory on all those Hallmark movies that they make six billion of for Christmas is, like, they cast actors that kind of look like people who are famous so that, that for Grammys and Grampies, they can be like, is that the actor from the movie we saw before? And you're like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It looks like that person, mm-hmm. you know? So all of yeah, these Actually, are like, Grandma, no, that is Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, yeah. More more men have walked on the moon that have played Superman on television, and this one has had no career bump from it. Truly shocking. Well, he was in the the forgotten one. He was in the Brian Singer one, the one that they've erased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Expunged from the record. Yes, um, but all of these songs are like legally distinct copyright free versions of songs. You know, and they're not like the, the like I googled them, and they're not. One of them They're is not exactly was real. That. It was um, dancing. It was a it was a cover of Dancing in the Street. It was the only one I yes, truly yeah. recognized, other than the weird and cover I, of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Right. So this first song was like a real like man. This sounds like something I know, but it was it was it was songs that I wasn't like a huge. Uh, the two one the two in this that really drove me crazy are songs that I wasn't like I wouldn't call myself a fan of, but I'm familiar with. So I don't really know the lyrics and I don't really know the beat perfectly, but it was just enough to make my brain a little itchy. And so I was like Googling like 80s song sounds like X, like doing all this stuff, trying to get to what I was looking for and could not find it for either of the two songs in this movie. So I truly drove myself a little bit crazy, but it's like, 
oh man, just spend a little more money. And you can't, I'm sorry, this is a movie crime to give your song movie the title of an incredibly famous current song and not pay to have the real song. No, Cindy Lauper refused. There's got to be a number she wouldn't have refused. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the number existed. I don't know what it was, but Cindy Lauper, who we like on this show, much like us, would take a big check eventually. Well, so I think at that point it's the their budget. How much money do they have in or, their budget or, or, to spend on a then, single song? Then, then call them so, call the movie something else. You know what I mean? Your bad cover of Cindy Lauper isn't annoying. As annoying if the title of the movie isn't the title of that song. Yeah, in my opinion. Apparently, the according to IMDb, Cindy Lauper didn't write "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" because her version was in fact a cover. Yeah. So it's actually written to be performed by a man. The original version was written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Written to be performed by a man. Um, which is weird. Like it's just. Yeah, it must. She must have changed words to, i've not heard the man version but she must have changed words to it because the well, f- performer is singing an i song I, i'm guessing that well I, I think it's possible i haven't heard the original in a very long time but i think the original is probably more like you so i think she just changed like use to eyes kind of thing yeah maybe uh, but because she didn't write it she could not say you can't use it in the title but she could say you cannot use my song interesting yeah i just feel like just just name the movie something else yeah but i mean you're you gotta cash in on something I guess. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just, it's, that's why it's a movie crime, because you're just doing a cheap cash in. You know, that's what drives me crazy. Uh, I'm sure we made this joke on the original episode, but I love that Helen Hunt is excited that they have a 25 inch TV at the house that she babysits. Always fun. She's, she's, she's bringing SJP over to watch the show with her because SJP is going to miss the beginning. And she's like, oh no, come with me. I'm babysitting. And then you expect when someone says, I'm babysitting a child of a certain age, not a literal not- baby. Not a 16-year-old being in charge of a literal baby, who then, I will say, I do really like the baby ends up sitting in the baby pizza. Baby on a pizza, funnier than you think it's going to be. Like, if someone it's, if it's, someone pitched, good, oh, man. the baby sits on a pizza, I might chuckle. Yeah. To see yeah. baby on a pizza, yeah. chef's kiss. Because it's like, they just plop the baby on the pizza and then, like, clearly shot it for five minutes, you know, because mm-hmm. and, and, it's just a cutaway. And so very clearly they're like, all right, and the baby's on the pizza and we're rolling, go. And they just cut a few, you know, like, whatever good couple minutes they got, they got, like, at one point the baby's doing the thing they do where they, like, grab their feet and pull them towards their chest, but there's a tomato on his toe. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, so he's good. Got these, yeah, it's, it's, it's very stupid, but works really well. Uh, they announced that there's going to be a contest to become a new dancer on the show. Yes. And did you catch that there's like a little football dance number here? It's very Lady Gaga. <laughs> I was like, this is Andrew's, the extent of the uh, Andrew's knowledge of record football comes from watching this one scene 10 years ago. Yeah. It feels very Lady Gaga, though. Like when she did the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, we briefly meet hunky shirtless basketball playing man. Did you, sorry, tangent time. Did you watch the Muppet show, the Muppet Mayhem show? On I Disney have not Plus, yet, no. The one about Dr. Teeth? Uh, there's a very dumb joke in it that really made me chuckle that um, you said Lady Gaga and it made me think of it. They the, the Mayhem make a mistake and accidentally anger all of the fan bases of other bands <laughs> by a tweet they send. Okay. And so it's like the the Beyonce crew rolls the up Bayhive. and they jump out and they're like, it's the the. I thought it was the Beehive. I mean, Beehive, they Bayhive. Beehive on the show. Okay. So they're like, it's the Beehive. And oh God, it's Lady Gaga's little monsters. And they come out and then they they do like a bunch. And then they 
there's like a pause and then like another wave of them comes and they're like, oh no, that's the BTS army. And and there's Rihanna's Navy, which I didn't know was a thing, mm, but that. I guess it's a thing. <laughs> and then it's uh it's Joe Latrulio from uh Brooklyn oh, Nine. I love him. Uh the yeah. uh yeah, yeah, Peralta's buddy. And he goes, Oh wow, the Natalie Merchant Marines. <laughs> That's brilliant. I was like, I fist bumped. That, that is so the level of wordplay I expect from the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh man, that is a deep cut in so many ways. Uh, anyway, uh, back to uh, the girls just want to have fun. Uh, Jonathan Sullivan, Weekend of Bernie's Own. Yeah. Playing basically the same character. A remarkably similar character. Um, <clears throat> and that, so... We briefly meet the hunky shirtless boy who's going to be our teen, our lead, and then we meet this character that only that really bookends the movie. Like she doesn't show up in the middle, but she's the bookend. Her name is Ricky, and yeah. she's like the correspondent, I guess. She they they say that they're going to get like a, a look at music news from Ricky, but the way she enters the show doesn't seem like she'd be the one who's like so and so dropped their latest album today. You know what I mean? I want her job. Because she gets carried out sure, by, know. like, the beefiest beefcakes you've ever seen. They put her down. She's basically she's basically Miss Piggy in this And movie. Madeline Kahn, who we've established yeah, yeah. Are, are character parallels. Yeah, yeah. And she, they put her down, and her first line is, let's all hear it for steroids. Which, like, you're not saying <laughs> that in a movie in 2023. We can't, we no, can't acknowledge yeah, everyone's yeah. on a cycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's got roid belly. Uh, and she just like says a few lines about like I don't know Paul McCartney bought some train sounds or something, <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, that's it for me. Take me out, boys." Uh, is that Natalie or is Natalie the Natalie villain? is the rich bitch? And I have no notes. <laughs> uh, I Natalie the actress uh, was in Alligator Two. I saw that spawning. And also a 1978 Disney Christmas parade. I mean, I was also in a Disney Christmas parade, so. No, I think she was, respectfully, I think she was, like, in it. No, I think if you look at the IMDb uh, on the Wikipedia, it says, like, unknown. Like, she doesn't have a character oh, name. Oh, okay. So okay. I think I it, she was, like, it was probably there. she was there. Okay. Also, they cut to me during Feliz Navidad. I was a featured. They they were right on you my were face. A featured extra. It's true. You were singing the song too. Weren't we you? had to. That was yeah. That yeah. was our job. Yeah. I mean, that's why they cut to you. They said, "Look, we, f- you all have to back up ten feet so we can film the stage. Then the then the talent's gonna leave, and we're gonna film you all listening to a recording." <laughs> that's great. Did they put like lyrics up with a no. bouncing ball for you all? Okay. It's you just expected. It yeah, happen. I mean, it's Christmas music. It's yeah. 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 I mean, look, look. I like Feliz Navidad. I think it's like a fun change up in the rotation for a cha- Feliz Navidad to come on. I don't know any other words other than Prospero, Año y Felicidad. I mean, that's, that's really all, all you need to know. Yeah. Enough to get pulled up for that one. Honestly, the only new song I heard, quote unquote new, was Ariana Grande's um, original Christmas song. Okay. She almost fell because the stage was wet and she wears like eight inch platforms. <laughs> 
we go home. Uh, we see Sarah Jessica, Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker's pops, who is Ed Lauter, great character actor. Uh, Cujo, he plays the coach in Not Another Teen Movie. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen that. He's he's doing like a riff on Billy Bob Thornton, kind of. Um, uh, also in the Longest Yard, and uh, most importantly, original the both. Oh. They like brought him back as like a wink, wink in the in the second one. I don't know if it's the same character. I forgot to write down the names. Uh, but also, uh, more more uh, interestingly, uh, a movie that I recommended on our uh, newsletter, which you get if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, the 2014 version. I've been meaning to share. That's been on my list for so long. Have you done the double? It's, that, that's the plan. I really, yeah, I really recommend it. They're both like 80 minutes long, so it's like an easy double feature night. Uh, we, we my my wife was not interested in watching the 70s one, so I was like, all right, well, I'll watch the new one with you, and then you'll go to bed, and I'll watch the old one. Okay. Um, fun. Because the new I, one, the like, one... reference, this, like, the original movie exists yes. in the universe. They, they, they put them together in a really satisfying way. It's very interesting. Isn't he also in My Blue Heaven? Ed Lauder. He might be. I didn't catch it scrolling through his IMDb for the writing these down, but uh, it's possible. I think I saw he was. Robert Underwood. I think is the name I saw. I don't remember who that okay. was in My Blue Heaven, but I don't know. He he's probably one of the fake Italians, probably. But he's he's a huge asshole. Mom's a huge pushover. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like a moment later where Sarah Jessica Parker is like, "Mom says we have to let him win the battles so that we can win the war." And I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like an abusive relationship." <laughs> Literally, I was like, "Oh boy." Uh, um. This is the first time we get the fake girls just want to have fun, oh, it, and we're like leading up to. The I'm fine with this one because it's just to. the opening instrumental. It is. It's a tease. It is just the instrumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You could get away with that. That's what they should have done. They should have just kept it with that. Um, yeah. Uh, Silver. So this. 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 This is one of the better sequences of the movie. Like everybody gets some fun stuff to do. All the characters get like a little bit of a game in these sequences. Uh, Silverman is driving with fake Joey Lawrence. Who? I, that's what I wrote. Oh, the hunky, the hunky lead. Times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the hunky lead was actually Ben in Ben, that rat movie, horror movie from the seventies. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've never seen it either. Isn't it called Willard? No, there's two rat movies. <laughs> ben is the other. One. Oh, I didn't know about Ben. Willard, I, Willard, I believe is uh, is uh, George McFly. George Romero, Romero. No, it, George McFly is what's his name? No, I think Romero directed it. I'm aware. Okay, all the right. guy who plays George uh, yes. McFly, Crispin Glover, is Willard. Yes. Is Willard? Okay, I, I was like, well, no, we're saying different things. Um, we are both correct. I need you to help. I know, me. but I, I need it. We need to say both sentences because the audience will be like, no, George McFly's not what. Uh, so anyway, Andrew Silver knocks over all these bikes and then pops the trunk and he's like selling. I love t-shirts. this setup. It looks very much the same as. Um, oh, I can't. Now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the, uh, the guy who played Mr. Banks, his character in Bedknobs and Broomsticks, he has the, like, oh, he has this, like, setup where his briefcase, like, unfurls into stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looks yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the movement feels exactly the same. I, uh. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's, George it, something. Yeah, it's, it, it is a similar entry. Yeah. I don't know the actor's name, but I do know what you're talking about. Um. And then another guy rolls by with a cart, also having this same idea. And Silverman's like, you know, apoplectic that someone else thought of this, which I liked a lot. Um, Sarah Helen Hunt has a cricket on her hat, which I didn't notice it for the longest time. This giant grasshopper. Really? Yeah, I don't know why my brain just like glossed over it. The hat thing is never explained. Like, she's clearly someone who's like 
into fashion, but the hat, she's always wearing hats. I remember this joke from our first go around, actually, <laughs> that you, you called the movie Girls Just Want to Have Hats or Girls Just Want to Wear Hats. I mean, which is yeah. like fully true for Helen Hunt's character. I mean, if they gave this movie five more minutes of dialogue, they would have included that she was a, an aspiring fashion designer, not a dancer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the rich girl who will be our enemy throughout this, she does this like power slide in like, their car. And no fucking them. notes. At her entire yeah. performance, she knows who she is, what she was hired to do, and what she brings to this yes. film. There's no the, subtlety. The few- there's no nuance. There's the- I am a rich bitch villain, and that's it. This the scene entrance later where she opens the curtain is so funny. I legitimately laughed out loud. Mm-hmm, get that mm-hmm. moment, but um, Helen Hunt goes full Michael Myers. <laughs> she does, and she like she power stalks up to the edge of the car, and the girl, the the rich bitch, is like, "Oh shit!" And she just like leans in aggressively and then checks her hair in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Really, really good stuff. Turns out these two are enemies. We never learn why. <laughs> yeah, I thought she went to their school. And then I realized she yeah. doesn't go to their school. No, I hunt. There should be like, again, it's like just two lines. Like one, Helen Hunt wants to be a fashion designer. And two, like, what did this girl do? Uh, it feels to me another uh, backstory. The, the uh, girls just want to have fun and a half. Uh, the, the prequel, <laughs> uh-huh. the, the simultaneously set prequel uh, is uh, actually it would be a full prequel. But uh, Helen Hunt and this girl were like the childhood friends that had a falling out over something. Oh, they were the Regina George and Janice Ian. Yeah, they had yeah they had like a clubhouse. They maybe they were neighbors. Then the then the girl's dad got a promotion. She moved to this new house. It was like really fancy. Now she doesn't want to hang out with Helen Hunt anymore because she's poor. Mm-hmm. I like this. Um, so I will say I don't have a lot of major complaints for this movie. Mm-hmm. This sequence is one of my major complaints. The dance audition. I don't understand why this dance audition is outside when you have the largest studio i've ever seen yeah. that like clearly yeah. can't be used all the time it's it's, it's because it's being rented out to film star trek in the <laughs> no it's being filled with led screens to shoot the mandalorian yes yeah um i don't get why it's outside i don't get why the numbers aren't distributed in order yes. i don't understand why it's not it wasn't clearly stated this was a partner audition or a single audition where we partner you up because right. that is wildly you know, disparate levels of preparedness for people. Yes. There's no clear indication of like what kind of dance, like what style of dance they're looking for, even though you would imagine this kind of American bandstandy show would be like popular current dances, maybe, maybe some jazz, whatever, because like we're beyond doing the mashed potato and, and the, the alligator and anything else that, you know, Pickett says in Atlanta of a thousand dances. We're a little past that. So like, like even truly just like a little bit of restructuring to the sequence would really make it flow for me with like, all right, you know, we're going to, it's not like they taught them all a combination. That's how dance auditions work in the real world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me teach. We're going to teach you all a combination and then you're going to do it for us. But this was literally right. like, we're going to put on some music and you are going to dance, figure it out. 
It's like a wedding dance floor, honestly. It's like everybody yes. takes a turn in the middle. It, like when you do the big circle at a wedding and it's like mm-hmm. these, a couple people go in and then they hop out and then a couple people go in and go out. It's like very fun to be part of that, but it doesn't really It's not conducive for a uh, for audition circumstances. As someone who no, has been on no, both no. sides of the audition table, that's doesn't really yeah. doesn't really make sense. Right. It'd be like having an acting audition and being like, "Eh, I don't know, just do whatever you feel like." Yeah, like it, 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 it what? How how yeah. is it not established before we all got here? Right, like shouldn't your shouldn't your preamble have been like prepare five dance moves or you know come a thirty two count like because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what they do later when they spoiler alert have to do a dance off to determine the winner. It's clearly like these couples have prepared a couple different sixteen to thirty two counts, and so yeah. they're not really dancing with the music per se. It's sort of like doing floor work if you're in a dance class where you're just like yeah. traveling and you need a rhythm and a beat. So like as as I as we said before that this movie is so indebted in indebted to gymnastics the the dance competition not this part but the, the later parts and certainly the parts like the finale final showdown almost feel like gymnastics floor routines more than dance they do uh it's also where there's music but it's not like to the music exactly it's, it's more like accenting the the performance it just need it's just something to hang this on um, right. There's also it's also not clear like when when they change lines, who goes when, like right, right. And, and then there's another funny part like after they weed out the first batch, they like they do a few dances. Uh, we weed out the first batch. We Sarah Jessica Parker makes the cut. Helen Hunt. Does What's it. his face ruins a set think? piece? By the way, hunky te- when, hunky lead jumps through yeah. a piece of pa- like a paper that is clearly part of the set piece. Oh, and like yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you're 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 cut. If you ruin the set, yeah. cut. Maybe that's why they had them auditioning outside on this temp stage as opposed to the real one, so that they could have that moment. That's fair. But uh, when they make the cuts, the guy there's two audition people, a man and a woman, and the man actually the man is the voice of the original voice of Launchpad McQuack. No way. Yeah, and uh, he he's got a lot of TV credits. People people would know this guy. I didn't write his name down. I'm sorry. Um, but. Um, Helen Hunt loses in the first cut because she gets paired with this goof. We later find out he threw the audition on purpose, but that's not known now. But it's like, that's not really fair. Like, th- th- like, shouldn't there be like all the women dance and then all the men dance and then you like cut them down and then pair that group up? You yes. know what I mean? It it should be. We have to audition as a couple or you have to audition alone and we will pair you up. Yes. The fact yeah, yeah, that yeah, it yeah. is both of those situations is like mind numbingly stupid. Yeah, and you would start the day with a couple auditions because it's very possible you'd go like, "Oh, we have ten great couples. We don't want to make more. Mm-hmm. Like, we like we don't need we don't need the individual yeah. auditions." Um, Sucks to suck, individual. Sorry. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a couple show or, or whatever. Although it's not, it's weird. Anyway, the the show doesn't explicitly feature couples dancing in any of the clips we see until this competition is announced. Uh, well, they, but they mention that there's couples because I, I I feel like in a lot of those shows there was like the lead couple kind of thing. Sure, sure, sure. You're probably right. Um, but the, the, he's like, they make the cuts and he's like, all right, you dance with you. And he breaks up a couple, an established couple that is clearly wearing matching outfits. And then, and then he's like, oh, you're too tall for her. And he changes his mind and puts Sarah Jessica Parker with fake Joey Lawrence, who is her partner throughout the movie. And it's just like, man, I don't know shit about this, but this seems like a bad way to go about it. Yeah, again, as someone who's been on that side of the table, that's that does not make sense, my dude. That does not yeah. work. 
And this is the first time we see Sarah Jessica Parker fire off a bunch of handsprings, uh, like before she gets cut or before she uh, before she makes the cut, rather not gets cut. And it's again, like that's not really dancing. And then this guy, as he's like talking to her, reaches into the spot his pocket for this bottle of pills. I. I'm sure it was in the script, but this felt like an ad lib where he like pulls this bottle of pills. Yeah. And then the woman he's working with, like reaches over and takes them from him. He's like, hey, hey, I want I need that. Give me that. (laughs) It's just like, wait, what? Did you think that the scene was over and they called cut and now you were taking your uh, event? Yeah. Whatever they call them. Benzos? Quaaludes. Is Benzos an upper? No, Quaaludes are a downer. He wouldn't be taking a Quaalude. I don't I don't know if Benzos are an upper. I think I think I'm not cool enough to know that information. I literally today was reading a Wikipedia entry about a book and it mentioned Benzedrine. I think that's uppers. I think that's it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I think what I what like really endears this movie to me is the acting is generally very natural feeling like no one's Mm -hmm. trying too hard. No one is annoying and swinging too big like everyone's a everybody's very cute like both in their like in their faces adorable. and also as their their performances they're, like everyone's performance is cute and charming the chemistry is good everyone knows what kind of movie they're in and how big to to swing um yeah for the for the most part i i i will say i could i could go 10% bigger on the dad i think he could be bigger. yeah i can see that um but i would rather need that than be like ooh too much like we've sure. we've seen we have 250 fucking episodes of, of proof. Yeah, we've that, seen a lot of big boys. That too big is not always... With the wrong director, too big is too much. Um, yeah. But I also really love the way that um, Shannon Doherty, fake Joey Lawrence, and their dad are. like they. F- yeah, that family dynamic They is feel great. like a real family. It's written like... it. It's not like, hey, sis, how is it going? Yeah, and we don't go too far the other way where we're doing Folgers commercial stuff. Exactly. Even even though, like I've definitely said before on the podcast, that is not a universal thing that is known, that the Folgers commercial is is incest. <laughs> well, go go look at the Folgers incest commercial if you haven't Because I once made that joke at work about, I was like, oh yeah, like, a fold, like the Folgers incest commercial, and I watched that lead balloon drop on the floor <laughs> through the ice, and I was like, and everyone just stared at me, and I was like... You know, that thing that everybody knows, right? I've I've always said the creepy brother sister Folgers commercial. Maybe that maybe that I mean I would think the Folgers Maybe the word turned people off. I guess, but I was just like, no, this and then uh, a couple of people were like, Oh, I've seen that before. That is creepy. And I was like, Yes, it, it the cultural zeitgeist has <laughs> decided that this is weird and creepy and incest. You all ruined this for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um but like the whole dinner sequence is really cute. Um, Shannon Doherty's like ma- chastising her brother and um, he- making like preparing dinner. Um, there's a sequence where dad is like giving a speech he's clearly given a hundred times and Shannon's like over his shoulder, like mouthing along with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it feels yeah, very yeah. like natural and earnest. And I appreciate that because so often family stuff is not good <laughs> in movies. Oh, for sure. And I, I also like the juxtaposition of, you know, the Sarah Jessica Parker's dad is like strict and kind of a pain in the ass. She and her brother have a really nice dynamic, but the dad is kind of like a nightmare versus the Joey Lawrence Shannon Doherty household where it's like they have to do a lot. He's a single dad. The mom is clearly dead. But the two of them are like, you know, the three of them honestly feel like a good team. And like the dad comes in and he's like, oh, is supper almost ready. Or I assume supper's ready. It might be what he Something says, like but it's not. 
it doesn't come off in the like, where's my fucking dinner mode that you would think that yeah. Ed Lauder would bring from from his military <laughs> yes. job. Well, and also like in every I come home from a long day, I'm making bullets, military bullets. I want my goddamn steak and on the table. Although minus a million points because the uh, the fake Joey Lawrence family has the the carton of milk they have on milk the table for dinner. They dinner. Have milk for dinner. You fucking freaks. Um, but also, like in every other version of this movie, where the blue collar dad working at the Sparks factory comes home for dinner, <laughs> yeah, and his yeah. son goes, "I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm in a dance competition." I'm going to be a dancer. Every other version of that says no son of mine is going to be a fairy. <laughs> Some twinkle toes out there yeah. in a tutu. And like the dad is clearly not like mad about the dancing. He's just mad that his son doesn't seem to have a solid direction that in his life. Yeah. Yeah. And later like we get the 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 big scene that this the, We'll come to it more frequently, but the, when there's an opportunity for the dad to, like, turn him down for a real logical reason, which is he might lose his dad job, the dad's like, nah, fuck them. Go dance. Yeah, like, it's just, it's very charming because that's, normally there'd yeah. be an F slur. And, like, yeah, oh boy, that exactly. didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although I feel like the dad about to lose the job because of the dance competition happens Almost beat for beat the same in another movie we watched, and I don't remember if it's Flashdance. Is or, it or, um, or, the gymnastics movie that Michelle suggested? It could be the gymnastics movie. It could be the gymnastics movie that we did on Patreon. That I think you're right. I think American Anthem has that as a thing. I think you're right. I think so. I think that's what it is. There's another weird like the dad is is he's supportive, right or not? I can't remember. It's, it's like the same. It's similar, but I I, <laughs> I I'm so afraid to speak in absolute. Two hundred fifty right episodes. Okay. Michelle will know. You should comment on this episode and tell us what's the situation with the dad in American Anthem. And listen to that episode. Join Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dissecting Um Sarah Jessica Parker gets a call from Joey Lawrence, who's like, meet me at 9 o'clock p.m., which is insane for a, a Wild for a school night. Um, and then she tries to say no, but the, the phone gets yanked out of the room. And the dad comes in to check up on her and he's like, do you do this homework? Do you do that homework? Do you do this homework? That homework? And of course, he's a military guy. But like all dads of that era, he's like really into the war questions. Yes. <laughs> like, did you do the French and Indian War yet? Oh, what some artillery would have done to solve that? I'm just like, oh, boy. <laughs> you don't. You don't get it, my dude. Um, so she doesn't meet him at the studio, but Natalie does the rich bitch. Um, again, just swinging for the fences. In this, oh, I see your dance partner didn't show up. I would never stand you up if you want to switch partners. Winkity, yeah, winkity, yeah. winkity. And her, yeah. like, all-white like, go-go boots with a... She has really good outfits. It's, they're fabulous. Say. Yeah, very expensive. It feels like Sloane's jacket that I, from, yeah, from Ferris, Ferris Bueller that I also want with the, yeah. le- the white leather yeah, fringe. The fringe. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to pull off a white leather fringe western jacket, but boy, do I want to try. Yeah. Sloan does. She does. Uh, Silverman uh, doing more scheming. Uh, only 18 here, by the way, Andrew Silverman. Really? Um, also, I looked up his IMDb and the trailer at the top, you know, like there's like the picture and then yeah. like, uh, either like a reel or a trailer there. And the trailer for his is for a movie called Pegasus with a Broken Wing. Ooh. And it's from 20, 2019. Is it about a kid so in a wheelchair? Like shit. Nope. It's literally about a Pegasus. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were being metaphorical. 
I was like, the trailer starts auto-playing, and it shows Andrew Silverman and the other two actors, who I will name momentarily because I want to do the rest of it for you. They show this, like, horse in a barn with these very bad-looking wings, like, on it, practically. Okay. Uh, one the one of them is clearly broken, and it's like three very bad child actors being like, "Oh my god, it's a Pegasus!" You know, like we gotta save this horse <laughs> kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the the bad guy of the movie is none other than Tom Arnold, who finds out about the horse and wants to like do something nefarious with it, I suppose. And he knocks on the door to serve these papers to buy the horse and who answers the door, but their mom played by charisma carpenter. No, <laughs> yep. Buffy's uh, nemesis. What the hell was her name on Buffy? Cordelia, except she became Cordelia. a good guy. She went to Angel. Yeah, she worked yeah. for she's Angel's great firm. On Angel. Yeah. 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 You know, she's great on Angel, but she was Buffy's nemesis. That's not an accurate. So you got Andrew Silverman, charisma carpenter and Tom Arnold in Pegasus with a broken wig. Oh boy. <laughs> A movie that should have been titled Pegasus. We all got to pay our fucking rent checks. A must miss. We all got mortgages. Pegasus. (laughs) Uh, They go to choir practice. Frankly, Uh, I can't wait for Charisma Carpenter to play uh, Lori Laughlin in the story of Lori Laughlin paying to get her daughter into (laughs) college. On on Lifetime, 100%. Uh Uh-huh. You know who's a you know who's a huge lifetime dude now? Uh 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 John Bender, uh uh, uh Judd from The Breakfast Club. Judd, no way. Judd Nelson is like a huge he's like he does a lot of lifetime shit. I always remember he did this random thing that I can't I don't know if it's sci-fi or maybe it was like a murder lifetime thing where he like played like a murderer and he had his victims like he he had a lake house and he had all of his victims like chained to the bottom of the like their bodies. They weren't they didn't like, drown oh, them that sure. way. But like he would like yeah. put on a scuba suit and go under the water, and all of his victims and, like, were just like chained like, to the bottom of the lake. Like he would like da- like hold them. Like he just go look. At I don't the- remember. Just, it's like, been I don't know twenty years <laughs> since I've okay. seen this. That's an insane thing. I just well, yeah, it's a weird thing. So my brain grabbed it and was like, "We're not letting this go." Yeah. He he's the I haven't actually watched the movie, but I have shown the trailer to my wife like nine times. And she's like, I never am going to want to watch this. Uh, There was I think while she was at uh, school, there was a a very famous uh, uh, my wife went to Duke. There's a famous uh, student who was doing pornography while a student and it became like known as a thing. Uh, and so like self tape movie thing like no, for a studio like 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 paid yeah paid I mean obviously paid uh, but I didn't a, know if she was like in a studio a, or this is this is the this is the pre like OnlyFans era which oh. there's probably a lot of college students now <laughs> yeah. this is like right we're talking I'm old remember this is 2009 uh-huh. I joined college this is like 2007 uh this 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 woman was doing porn and there's a lifetime movie called From Straight A's to Triple X. And Judd Nelson plays the like skeezy porn guy. Ow. Oh boo. And I and I'm always like, hey, you wanna watch this on a Friday night? And she's like, no, why would I ever want to watch this? It's a very sad story. Let women have brains and great tits without making it a thing. <laughs> yeah, they like it, it became found out and like she basically was like you know, like asked to leave the university. Uh-huh. Of course like, she was stupid thing. Because of course she was. Because horseshit. Well, it's funny, like now, like I would bet. I would bet like a not insignificant number. Like it's, I bet it's more than one percent of college students have OnlyFans. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, 
Um, anyway, uh, we, it's cryo practice. Uh, we're doing Helen Hunt does like a Calypso breakdown. Does Harry Belafonte after they sing? What's the they sing like a very famous uh, in ex- I don't know the, the, what it's called, but uh, the lyric in Excel in Excelsis Deo or something in Excelsis something like that. Okay, in Excelsis Gloria, Deo. Gloria. Is it is it Gloria? Yes, yes, Gloria. Yeah. Yeah, the not the Van Morrison song. No, not that. Or or the one uh, that was the '80s woman who's since passed away, but I can't remember her name. Laura something. Yeah, from from Fame, not Fame, from Flashdance. Calling Gloria. The one that the bar plays apparently every time a someone scores a goal. Is that it? Uh, it it became the the victory song for a hockey team. I want to say it was the St. Louis Blues, uh, but yeah, it was it was a Philly bar that plays it after some some. No, it was not. It was not a thing. It was a drunk guy who kept yelling "Black Gloria" <laughs> all the time, and the 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 team was there like blowing off steam or like, having a night out or whatever the hell. And they were so enamored with this, they started playing it after their victories, and then it became a thing. But this is the religious Gloria. Yes, and then she does the Harry Belafonte from. Uh, from Beetlejuice. Uh, yes, of Beetlejuice fame. What's what the hell? Deo, is the banana song. Deo, Jesus. I was like, it's like, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. Um, she does this to so, cause a scene so SJP can sneak out of choir practice. And go to dance practice instead. Um, this is where the arch enemy like barges into the practice. It, and it's like, a cl- it's a close up of a curtain. And then the curtain gets ripped open. And then it's just her face in the frame surrounded by these drab curtains. It like almost looks like howled. that scene in Carrie where uh, Chris Harginson is holding the rope before she okay, dumps it on yeah. Carrie. And there's all the weird like close ups on her. I honestly was going to say it's like when Jack Nicholson chops the fucking door open in The Shining where he pops his face in. I mean, that too. Here's Johnny. That, wait, speaking of Carrie, did you know Brian De Palma? Here's Rich Girl. <laughs> Do you, did you know Brian De Palma directed the first Mission Impossible movie? Yeah. I didn't know. Like It's just like they spun out. It would be like learning, like I don't know, fucking Stanley Kubrick directed the first Fast and the Furious movie. I was just like the first the first Mission Impossible movie is so unlike the modern Mission Impossible movies as to like basically not be the same thing. Oh, okay. It's like a pretty grounded movie. There's a couple set pieces, like there's the one where he like dangles and catches the bead of sweat that got parodied a million times mm-hmm. and stuff. But he wasn't like climbing buildings and jumping off airplanes. It's like a pretty grounded spy movie comparatively. Okay. okay. It's yeah. It's like it's nowhere near what you think of when you think of the modern Mission Impossible. I feel like there are ten of those or something, right? I think it might be eight. I don't know. I've never. I, this is this is one of those movies I keep going. Like you should probably like these, right? Like it does all the things you want movies to do. It's all practical. But it's got it's our like, favorite race car bed I, driver. <laughs> I just Tom don't Cruise, like Tom and Cruise. I just yeah, I just don't like it. I can't get like, over that. Go back to your race car I, bed, yeah, Tom. I. <laughs> I uh, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I just don't care for them. And I, I keep going like, man, I should try them. <laughs> I should, I should try them. Cause I watched, I watched a couple, I watched Minority Report and I watched War of the Worlds, which cruises in. And I thought Minority Report was pretty good. Uh, War of the Worlds, I did not buy him as a father one bit, but the other one I thought well, was decent. He's never had that warmth necessary for for <laughs> well, fatherhood. The thing, is, the thing that's funny, well, that's the thing. War of the Worlds, he's supposed to be playing a bad dad. But it's like he's a bad dad who then, like, you know, over the course of it, like, gets better. And I just don't buy the turn. Yeah. 
So the rich bitch uh, comes anyway. in and asks if, it, yeah. if they have a change for a 20. And SJP actually gets a funny line and delivers it well, where she says, yeah, I don't have yeah. anything smaller than a 50. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she looks at she looks at fake Jerry Lawrence as if to be like, if you say yes, I'm going to kick you in the balls. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the this is what we're doing. Um, yeah, yeah. But the rich bitch overheard Sarah Jessica Parker say, I you know, had to skip out on choir practice to be here. So she calls her, SJP's dad as a nun and is like total snitch. Like it's it's she does everything that a villain wants should do. Like everything yeah, that a absolutely. villain should do. She does, which is perfect. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's like Zapka good. Yes, yes. It's a big compliment. Like she would, Zapka she good. would live so nicely in that neighborhood of of eighties movie villains uh-huh. we pitched a thousand uh-huh. years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I she's great. She's a really good performer. Oh my god, can you imagine that that school's prom queen race? Like everyone's just doing <laughs> awful shit to each other. Thumbtacks mm-hmm. on the floor, poison sure, punch, sure. like. Uh, uh, marbles on a staircase. Yes, yes. Or micro machines or something. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I think she's really good. I honestly like one of my quibbles with this movie is like I need ten percent more of this. <laughs> yes, I want more, more of her. Uh, so dance practice ends. Helen Hunt's walking home with Sarah Jessica Parker, wearing like a fur Russian hat. It's beret. hilarious. It's so strange. It doesn't even seem to be winter time. No, it's not. Well, also they're in California. No, they're in Chicago, not California. No, they're in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They're in California, but it is supposed to be Chicago. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as Nightmare on Elm Street when they're supposed to be in, like, Illinois and they walk by palm trees. And you're like, well, yeah, hang on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You got to at least do what Halloween did and make an effort for it to seem like fall. <laughs> we have one bag of brown leaves and we cannot waste <laughs> we them. Have tw- we have 34 leaves and every single one needs to be accounted for we, on every We shot. have one kitchen trash bag full of brown painted leaves. <laughs> and if you lose one... So help me God. (laughs) Dump them all out. We'll shoot the shot. Then as the kids are walking by the next house, you need to all pick them up, run around the back and dump them on house number three. Then they'll cross that house and you guys dump, (laughs) scoop them up and go around the back, get to house number five while they cross house number four. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she covers up for Sarah Jessica Parker being at dance. She's like, oh, she fainted. Oh, my God. She was at gymnastics tryouts. That's why she didn't go to um, choir practice. Choir practice. Uh, so, so the, the, she seems to get through this and then at this point she hasn't met SJP's parents and they don't do the like, oh, by the way, I'm so-and-so. She just leaves, which I found very funny. SJP's parents look at her as if she's like, uh, like some methed out person dragging their daughter in. And it's like, she's clearly. To be fair, she has a really weird hat on and I would have a lot of questions. (laughs) If a kid like this showed up at my door, too. But th- they're treating her as though she's, like, actively doing hair, like, shooting heroin into her yeah, veins. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's a Requiem for a Dream all of a sudden. Yeah. Um. So we get a mall sequence because yeah. we love a mall. It's the 80s, baby. Um. I do kind of miss malls. Sure. Like, King of Prussia Mall is fine, but it's it's just not anywhere. It's too ritzy. It's not the same vibe. No. I miss my Exton Mall that was supposed to be the set of... Mall rats too. Yes, one of like six malls in Pennsylvania that was allegedly going to. Be I thought he. I swear, I remember. Maybe this is a Mandela effect. I swear, I remember a photo. No, he did announce this. No, he did announce. This. Like he posted a picture yes. of the Exton Square Mall sign. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yes, but before the Exton Square Mall, it was going to be the Granite Run Mall because which the also script he is wrote. in fucking disrepair. Well, well, the original script for Mall Rats Two ended up 
with the mall being exploded. And so he was going to literally fill the like film, the demolition of the mall, like an implosion. Oh, and then obviously that didn't happen. The whole script just and never also happened. Also, Mallrats 2, Mallrats 2 has never existed. Well, it was like, he had this weird phase. I love Kevin Smith. Uh, he had a, a weird, uh, not weird, but he had a big mental health breakdown um, uh, lately and seems to be doing a lot better. But, I, you know, I hope he's doing well. Um, big fan, formative movie guy for me. Uh, you know, I've outgrown his stuff, I think. But, you know, it was very meaningful for me at a certain time in my life. Um, but that Mallrats 2 thing, it was a movie and then it became a TV show and then it was back to a movie. And then it was like, you know, eventually Mallrats 2 is going to be like a series of TikToks. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like <laughs> yeah, his, de- his his movie development has been insane over the last few years. So, well, I was, well this uh, I was, <laughs> this was not a recent thing of him. It was a picture of the X. No. This was like 15 yeah, years ago. 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, older than that. This we've was, talked about this on the podcast before. I'm sure, sure I was did. probably. I think I was in high school when he was doing that. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. It's old. Um. Anyway, the tailor is like. First of all, it's truly bonkers that he's getting a suit tailored for an event that evening. That is, yeah, very expensive <laughs> to do that. Um. But the tailor goes like, "Oh, do you dress left or right?" And he clearly has no idea what that means. And then he's also kind of a weird question to ask a child. Yeah, well, you gotta fit the pants, man. I get it, but also, like, I don't know, it just feels weird. Have you ever been asked this question by a tailor? Because I have gotten pants fitted a few times, suits fitted a few times, and never have been asked this no. question. No. I've, I've done okay. costume. I've been, I've been, I've had a flesh-tone thong custom-made for me for a musical and was not asked this question. So, like... So... I would imagine that that particular garment you don't need to ask that question because there's only like I just mean like I've had all kinds of custom things made for me, and not once in any of them have I ever been asked that question. Yeah, I don't know if this is just like an old timey tailor business or what, but I very it was for reefer madness by Uh, the way the flesh tone thong it it has a big um a big flashy green pot leaf on it. Oh. I got to keep it because it was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else would that go to? Uh, we the girls steal the invitations and we to get Natalie's party. Crimes. We didn't mention Natalie's having a party. That's right. Yes, sorry. Uh, they steal the invitations and they start distributing them um, to the really bad version of girls just want to have fun. And uh, we brought in a special guest to uh, to read down who these uh, invitations get distributed to. It's uh, the one and only Edie McClurg, ladies and gentlemen. They gave invites to everyone. Punks, trans and gender non-conforming people, goths, bikers, lesbian bodybuilders, all the dorks who hang out in the 80s cafe and Back to the Future too. They're pretty cool dudes. <laughs> Righteous dudes. It really is this bizarre rundown of like cliques and, and groupings of people that they But adults. They're not other teens. Mostly adults, yes, yeah. Which is wild. And that all these adults are like, yeah, sure, we want to crash what's essentially a quinceanera <laughs> and destroy it. Yeah. I mean, well, what's hilarious to me is, like, they get in this invitation that's all, that is still embossed to a country club event. And, like, uh-huh. even if you are punk rock, whatever, blah, 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 you don't enter any party jumping through a window. So, like, <laughs> no, destroying the window. Yeah. We're already living in a fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, I, it's funny. This scene weird is, science. is so reminiscent. Yeah, exactly. Yes, which I think came out the same year. I can buy it. Uh, weird science might be eighty three. So this party, there's an ice sculpture of Natalie's head. 
Um, I actually thought that was delightful detail. It felt so accurate. It was Honestly, very perfect. This feels like a. It feels like a bar mitzvah. I know they're older than that, but it feels like a bar mitzvah. A bit. Bat mitzvah, I suppose. And I, I do love fancy butler hors d'oeuvres. Sure. Given the yeah, option, that is. Yeah. I love. I want because honestly, that's like my favorite style of food where I can. I don't have to commit to anything. But it's all sure, delicious, yeah. and one, I can one bite here. Do like I want a, eat... like a buffet that comes to you? But also, if I want to eat fifteen shrimp, no one's going to notice. <laughs> well, if you eat the whole tray and the waiter, but if some, but I'm saying like if they every time they come by, I take a shrimp. No one's noticing. Oh, that sure, sure, I sure. don't have a plate yes. full of shrimp. Yes, I yes, just yeah, every I time they come by. Ooh, I guess I can. Oh, I, I guess I'll try one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining you at like a Costco, just like doing laps, <laughs> like oh, I'll, I guess I'll try one of these with different then, hats. The, not, not even that, just like you do it in a different voice every time. Oh, I'll try one of these. You know, <laughs> like you're doing like weird just affectations that you're like that. Oh, I guess I'll try one of these on. You know. <laughs> ooh, one of these sounds delicious. Um. Uh, and the Costco person's just like, man, I don't care. <laughs> just take a shrimp. <laughs> You're over 18. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I was at Costco recently, and a little girl came to get a piece of cheese. And the person was like, you should take one for your dad, too. Because the dad was like five feet away. Yeah. And the kid was like, you know, walking over with these cheeses. And I went and grabbed one. And they were like, come back for more if you want. And I was like, wow, I've never heard that before. I know. I mean, they don't explicitly say. They don't care. Yeah. But. Also, they don't like look. They don't smile at you when you come back for a second one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Andrew Silverman's work in the room. This is pretty good. He's like schmoozing with all these old men. Uh, the dad of of Natalie, by the way, is uh, the same actor who plays the 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 shit. I wrote it down. Hold on. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, the sunglasses guy in Cool Hand Luke. I thought I wrote down the name of the character. Oh, maybe but, this was uh, very... the, maybe maybe Rich Dad was the one who was in. My Blue Heaven, not Millie the Bullet's dad. That could be. That could be. I think that's it. Yeah, that could definitely be. Um, so Silverman's working in the room. They start playing Hail to the Chief. Her, yeah, I was Natalie like, your entrance song is Hail to the Chief? It's so weird. Uh, the Also, the band is the, the Grateful Dudes, and it looks like they should be, like, the, the drum set is painted like they should be a Grateful Dead cover band, but they just play, like, jazzy standards. Yeah, it's it's strange. So this is the punk invasion. Uh, they literally break in through the window, which is inexplicable. I mean, it's funny in the movie, yeah. but it's inexplicable. The lesbian bodybuilders body check their way through the door. I love when they pick up the old couple on a couch. And just and turn them around. Turn to f- they turn them away from the damage so it won't be like upsetting to them. It's very good. Um and then uh, Shannon Doherty. Oh, we also forgot to mention when the the lesbian powerlifters all left the gym, a guy, a punk guy, knocked the invitations out of either SGP hand or her. Um, oh, Shannon Doherty's hand. And the the bodybuilders pick up a car so they can pick up the invitations from around the tire. I like it. Very good. The stupid as hell. Yeah. It's very. It's a Muppet movie joke. Uh huh. See, it, it's Shannon Doherty, SJP, and and Helen Hunt are all like crouching at the window watching the mayhem with glee. Yeah, it's like they jumped in over their heads. It's kind of great. Yeah. Uh, there's some choreographed dancing, because of course there is in this movie. Yeah. One punk guy gets up on the banquet with his guitar, and he puts his foot inside a turkey, and then he has a turkey shoe. <laughs> I like it. It feels like something it's Mischief weird. would sell. Yes, yes. Mischief would definitely sell uh, turkey shoe. 
And then a punk does like a big flourish yanking the thing where you yank the tablecloth off and leave all the plates. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, that was weird. And then RDJ in his one second cameo pops up. They were dating Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, okay. I think at the time. Or I think that was the pairing, but he like pops out from under the table and in doing so flips it over. So like <laughs> end result is the same. Natalie stares down the barrel of the camera and goes, this means war. Yes. Very good. Uh, the dad, the table kind of flips, desserts go flying and he ends up with all this purple goo in his hair and a doily over his face. Mm-hmm. And is it, is it Joey Lawrence or Andrew Silverman who like pulls the doily away? Joey Lawrence. And he starts like dabbing at his hair as the dude is just like, robot house robot house i like that that is our go-to the parody (laughs) of the parody movie yes yeah so we cut to gym class the next day they're doing outdoor gymnastics in catholic school um and then joey lawrence rides up on his motorcycle so helen hunt is like i'm i'll distract the the nun and she's like can you do that pommel horse routine this is also straight out of a Muppet movie. Oh, yeah, or Mel Brooks, which, same energy. But, like, I was like, why wouldn't the gym teacher just be wearing black pants? Like, right, you right. would think that the nun habit would... I don't think the nun is... I don't think you're allowed to. You can't wear pants? I don't think they did. I really don't think they are, because I mean, maybe, maybe in casual form they're allowed Well, because to do, I, I, when, you're, when you're, like, the young trainee nun, like the shy one in Sister Act, which, again... On the bingo board, if they talk about this, then you also get this square. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a short, like a knee length skirt with like dark is it, tights. Is it, is it is it bluish or is it also black? It's like a gray. It's like a deep track. gray. Okay. So we, I see nuns basically every day now. Yeah. We, you, this we've definitely right. mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and they wear, the, these nuns have like a blue and gray and white thing going on as opposed to black. Mm-hmm. It feels like the nun summer collection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> blue uh, but they are i only ever see them in their habits I, maybe on the weekends they can go you know dress cash but they I make a habit of it yeah but i just would think that in a school setting that the gym teacher nun would be like i i wear pants and a long sleeve black like i'm not saying she's wearing like gym shorts but like long or trousers gym teacher outfit of like sweatpants and sweatshirt oh i didn't even think about that yeah I meant like I meant like black dress pants, black dress pants and a long blouse. I was thinking like gray sweats and then the habit on. I know I want black sweats with that to match the habit. Okay, okay. I think it's funnier if the sweats are gray if we're doing comedy points, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I guess I guess that does that does do that. And then, but like it's like the black band like the. Cis- it's like Sister Coach Marianne. Yeah. Or Coach Sister Marianne. But then, like, the the head, the, like, forehead part of the habit is a sweatband. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Everything else is the same, but the black forehead part uh-huh. is a sweatband. Into it. Yep. Uh, she finally notices that these two are talking, and she's like, stay away from him. He's a boy. And then she blows her whistle. Well, she, she almost puts the, the crucifix in her mouth. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, but me, stay me. away from him. He's a boy. It's just good life advice in general. Yeah. And it's that, and then in Pocahontas, these white men are dangerous. Two just yeah, yeah. solid observations and good advice. Absolutely. Uh, so he says, meet me at this like teen dance club, which is a thing that exists only in movies and TV shows, like yes. the bronze in Buffy. Yeah. Like, you don't make any money if you don't sell alcohol. Sorry to tell you, everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, nobody wants to police all the hand stuff people are trying to do in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, no. 
That's why they just take the doors off in, in gay bars. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I believe it. Uh, Natalie is trying to get her dad to fix the contest. Oh, this is where I wrote down. Uh, her dad, the actor, was in 19 episodes of the show Gunsmoke, and he played 16 different characters because old TV was truly the Wild West, pardon the pun, <laughs> talking about Gunsmoke, where it just like... There was never any way to see the old episodes, so it was just like, yeah, yeah until, I, unless has that guy been in one before? Yeah, until like 15 years later when there would be like, the the VHS box set of the best hits of Gunsmoke can be yours yes. for just four easy payments of twenty nine ninety five for <laughs> yes. three VHS tapes. <laughs> might have been, might have been six in that box set for that price. Yeah. No, they were expensive. They were not twenty dollars. They, oh, they were they were like thirty dollars no, for know, a they were while. Expensive. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy uh, to think about. Is, yes, uh, this is the you know obviously it's different moral standards then and now, but this little game Andrew Silverman plays. All of a sudden, uh, he becomes real pervy for like yeah. twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's weird. It goes from like, oh, girls are hot. I want to touch girls to like. He tricks this girl into touching her breasts by playing a game he calls Tune Into Tokyo, where he has her put her arms up and then gropes her. And I was just like, what in the fuck? Well, as soon as he said that, I was like, I've heard I've I've used this joke before to to tweak someone's nipple, but like in not in a salty way. Yeah. Like a radio. Okay. And like a like your friend, like, you know, friends at the pool, like Tune In Tokyo. I I don't know. Or at a bar night. That's funny. Sure. You know, shirtless. You never know. Yeah, this girl's not in this girl's it, this so is uh, what I, I'm clarifying that what this is this is an assault. What I do is like a playful joke between friends. Sure. Um uh, but we I love the thing Joey Lawrence does. Sarah Jessica Parker is getting aggressively hit on by this creep. He he literally like, says you're going to dance with me and she is saying no with her body and with her mouth and he's just like yes. no you're dancing with me. And and uh, Joey Lawrence comes back. He's like, "Look, I don't want to get into a fight. Let's just flip for." He flips a coin with one hand and then punches him. It's very Marty McFly. Yeah, it's it's definitely a McFly move. But I was like, "Ooh, two assaults in less than a minute." Yes, I was okay with the punch. To be honest. Oh no no no! The guy oh, you're talking about the guy the guy yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy doing it not three three assaults technically yeah technically if you're gonna assaults. Um, they have a really this is probably their best scene together. It's After this, they're like doing the, beautiful. Like, uh, we're about to smooch kind of vibes uh very sweet very cute both of them do this really well she like accidentally refers to him as her boyfriend and then gets very embarrassed uh, by it and he like plays into it like oh you have a boyfriend really huh yeah really cute really nice um we then get a romance montage and in the montage mm-hmm. they like pan to this sign and linger on this sign that says you know dance contest participants be sure to get your wardrobe approved. And I was yes. like, oh, I don't remember that being a thing, but they're lingering yeah, yeah, on yeah. this sign, so it it must be a thing. It's like gonna be like yep. like in um Dumplin' or Drop Dead Gorgeous. Like that's gonna be the plot point. <laughs> yeah. And then it's not at all. Like, nope. why do they do that? Nope, nope, nope. Makes no sense. Honestly, I thought like as the movie's going on, I was like, oh, are they going to do like a dusty finish where it's like the, the Sarah Jessica Parker loses? But oh, wait, turns out her partner's costume's disqualified. Sarah Jessica Parker wins, you know? Oh, that could have been fun. Yeah. Um, uh, this is another, this is the the worst of the fake soundalikes, although this is again a real song where I was just like, what in the but hell the romance does this sound like? It's driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker goes to talk to her dad. They have a Pillsbury Doughboy cookie jar, which I thought was funny. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, he is the trying to catch like, her in a lie, which is yes. Just that's a plus parenting. You you want to play mind games with your children? The right, best battleground right. is is the one you can't see with children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's not a problem if he's like, "Hey, you're lying to me," but this just weird, bizarre way to go there. He's like change. keeps trying to trap her to make her come clean rather than be like i know what you're right. lying like i i don't know what you're lying about but you're lying right right um and this is where rich dad threatens to fire joey lawrence's dad if he competes he almost he almost kills him with his <laughs> well first that just... which like would have solved the problem i guess yeah so uh there's a giant fight with uh sarah jessica parker because it happens in every movie where like something right. happens it's that... all his lost moment but it's like only he knows what happened and all of a sudden he is a complete asshole and he won't right. talk about it or right, right or you know you know explain anything or, or have a conversation or even be like look i can't talk about this right now but there's something that's come up and i can't participate you know what i mean which is like unsatisfying but at least not nothing yeah but they do it all the time in movies where people are just like oh yeah back off man and i'm like hey yeah. you were about to fuck like a scene ago just Use your words. Yes. Um, and then, so Sarah Jessica Parker like yells at him and goes back home. And the implication here is she snuck out of the house and then they installed an alarm on her window while she was out of the house. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like, I guess they knew she was gone and so they needed to know when she got back. But like, you could have just sat in the room and waited. But they clearly were doing an alarm to prevent her from sneaking. So, like, I was just like, we're we're in we're in the weeds here. Honestly, the only reason they do it this way is so then they have a scene where Sarah Jessica Parker diffuses the device later, which is also inexplicable with with a hairdryer and a and a soldering iron or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is the scene we alluded to earlier, where um, Joey Lawrence's dad, Joey Lawrence, basically like, "Hey, Mr. Sanderson or Sands or whatever." Um, said he was going to fire you if I compete, so I'm not competing. And his dad's like, fuck that. You compete. Yeah. He's like, do you think you can win? And the kid was like, yeah. He's like, then win. Yeah, it rules. Yeah. Also, uh, we learned this: the security system that Sarah Jessica Parker's dad put in place is Rich Dad's company. It's Sand Security. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stupid <laughs> Helen Hunt and her stupid upside down hair. It's she's the bride of Frankenstein. It's bonkers. Fully the bride of Frankenstein. And then they like r- gym class. Her coming down from the roof is insane. That that's I want to know how she got up there. Like, like, give me a whole movie about that. Like, why does she just put a ladder up or something? Was there I a grappling hook? What happened? Yeah. Um. So they sneak down and then the dog that we didn't talk about that, you know, has been popping up here and there yes. shows up and Helen Hunt flamethrowers the dog away. Yeah, it's amazing with a like hairspray and a and a lighter. Uh, the girls are stuck in traffic on their way to the competition. My f- my dream job, Ricky quits the show. Uh, <laughs> I have her down here as Miss Piggy because I forgot her <laughs> name. Uh, the host, the Corny Collins, is like, we need these releases signed. Which like you would have had those releases signed a while ago. The second I that like they a were week ago. the second that you said these were the finalists who are competing, you're having them sign paperwork, yeah. my dude. But they forge her signature, and I'm like, well, now it's like, that's like truly a legal issue that, yes, like, yes. she did not yes. release this. But also, she's underage, right. so she can't release that. 
Right, right. Her parents probably needed to sign that too. It's just, it's just very complicated. Yeah. Dad goes down to the studio because they see her on TV. Well, dad is like, uh, where are the, what time are the mash reruns here in Chicago? And the only thing I'd want to watch on TV, anything with military bullets. <laughs> um, so they yeah, he goes down to the TV. The girls walk on cars for some reason when they get out of the bus. Yeah, it, it, I would be very upset <laughs> if this is how this went down. Like, just right? run on the sidewalk. Come on. Um, Joey Lawrence's outfit is so gay. <laughs> The outfits on all of them are crazy. It's like really elaborate. But he costumes. looks like 80s, 90s Ken, which was the gay period oh, yeah. of Ken. Yeah. Uh, I also like the the African-American twins who are doing like a really cool like mirror gag. Yeah. With, and they're in these like, it's like a leotard with like a tailcoat. Yes. Yeah. They they are clearly the best dancers. But also like, like that is also dancers. confusing. What kind of partners were you looking for? Right. Yeah. 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 Because they're sisters. They're sisters, they're which is cool, but like... Yeah, different vibe. Different vibe. It, people would be weird if they called them a couple. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They'd be part- they can be partners or whatever, but it's right, a whole thing. Right. Um, we get So this is we get a montage of all the dancers, uh, and then they're like, finally, it's Sarah Jessica Parker and not Joey Lawrence. Also, I find it very funny that the two sisters, the twins, who are clearly the best dancers of all these people, like not gymnasts, but dancers, get like one and a half seconds of screen time. They were like, we can't montage. show more. We will reveal. It's all flips and handsprings and stuff. And I'm like, show the dancing in your, da- yeah, yeah, you know, you you will have some uh, uh, dancing in your, uh, <laughs> in your dance, dance movie. movie. So they announce SJP and her partner and uh, two people that are definitely not them dance in complete blackness. <laughs> yeah. It's like 800 yards away with a Vaseline lens to and make sure you only backlit. And I was like, yes. what the fuck? Like if if I was the one competing, I would be so angry that this is how you, you decided be able to, to shoot see me. This on television. Yes. Um and then we cut to uh Joey Lawrence's dad at a bar with all his buddies watching his and it's just like yeah, I love so this. heartwarming. I love yeah, that he's like, "Hey, my boys on the TV." I swear there's also a similar scene like this in that other movie we talked about. Well, I think something similar happens in Zoolander. Oh, you're right. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Merman pop. (laughs) I think at the end, his dad is like, that's my boy. That's Blue Steel or whatever. Yes. Uh, So the the dance-off ends. It's a tie. Between SJP and Rich Bitch. Well, yes. And and their partners, whatever. dance-off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I the only thing I could think of was, like, I want the dance-off to be, like, Running Man-esque, where it's, like, <laughs> the, the, the there's, like, electric eels in the floor or something, and it's just, like, you dance until you die, and, like, there's flamethrowers and such. Like, I like I want, this. One of the squares, one of the squares, the dance floor should just, like, randomly be a pit that opens up, and you don't know which one. <laughs> I like this. Uh, SJP and her partner win with gymnastics. Yeah, un- inexplicable. They do a back tuck and back handsprings, and they win. I do love the dad is like running in to try to stop this. And as he goes into the studio, he comes across three costume characters smoking cigars <laughs> from some like, kids show. Yeah. And they're like, get off my tail, punk. <laughs> but he's now proud of her. I guess he sees the merit. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Silverman is like, your daughter's great. And he's like, huh? She, I guess is. she is. It's like, come on. Let, let this realization happen in a different way. Uh, Helen Hunt sniped uh, Ricky's job. 
very funny to me that Helen Hunt just like rides in on the chariot and nobody stops it. And everyone's just like, well, I guess this is your job now. I mean, live TV. She's at least doing this yeah. one. Yeah. And Rich Dad tells Natalie to shut up. So, okay. I have a real problem with this part. What this should be is Natalie is like berating her partner as they lost because Sarah Jessica Parker wins. And she's just like, you did this wrong, did that wrong. And I want the partner to be like, shut up. And then her to be like, <gasps> and the dad should try to do something and then like fail. Like he should slip on a banana peel, metaphorically speaking. I can see that. But I think it's it's just dad's over it at this point. Yeah, I just, it's just, it, it makes no, I, th- th- it would be funnier if we went like full kids movie and these two like had pudding land on them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like they fall into the craft services table. Like that should be the end of this movie. It's a chill, yeah. it's a basically a kids movie. It, or the, or hairspray. Like we need something yeah. bad to happen to the Von Tussles. Yeah. Okay, here's what it is. The kid says, shut up. The man says, don't talk to my daughter that way. And he says, shut up, old man. And he takes a swing and the kid ducks and his swing carries him through into like the craft services table. Oh, I thought you were going to say he turn- sends him into his daughter. <laughs> he punches her. Oh, sure. I, I would, that would be funny as hell. That's better. That's a better. He punches the daughter and there's like, a whoa. Yeah. You get that. You get the two things I've been noticing constantly in movies now that really crack me up. Or one is every door has the creaky door open sound like even on submarines any door has this and then the other uh is the like crowd going whoa yeah Uh, uh uh-huh it's just a stock sound you hear a lot uh and then there's like a chinese restaurant level cover of girls just want to have fun i don't know if this is a thing you've experienced where like chinese restaurants have okay so there's a chinese restaurant i used to go to in frederick that had a soundtrack that was like American 90s and 2000s top 10, but all of it was like played with very Chinese sounding instruments and sung in Chinese. Oh, sung in Chinese. I don't know if it was. Yeah, I don't know if it was um, um, Mandarin or Cantonese, but it was just like, what is happening? Like, it would be like, do, 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 do. And you'd be like, is this Celine Dion? And then it would be in another language. So that happened. Something not that exact happened to me. Uh, I was in New York with my boyfriend and his mom for the weekend uh, a couple weeks ago. And we were at, it went to, went to brunch in this place. And we sat down. And I noticed that there was a cover of Winter Takes It All by ABBA. And I was like, that's a fun song. That's mm. humming along in my head. And as we're talking, we were there, you know, from brunch, like 45 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. This song played. 15 times what like every three songs like every you had a full john mulaney yes every four songs this one came back up in rotation and at one point my boyfriend's mom like heard it and she was like oh is this like someone live singing and i was like no and she was like how do you know and i was like because we have <laughs> because i've heard this song 10 times by now <laughs> that's amazing yeah i was like this is why like you i was ready to go to the hostess and be like whoever like the iPad Please for your music. Fix it. It's broken. Someone accidentally deleted all but four of the songs in the playlist. <laughs> so. Or you know what it was? You know what I bet it was? Somebody was like trying to add the song and they kept clicking it and they didn't. Didn't realize it added eight up. of them. It's like, uh-huh. Yes. And it just because a bad, it was a bad shuffle. Yeah. Uh, I know you're going to recommend this. I have a feeling. Yeah. It's, it's 88 minutes. It is, yeah, it is competently made. It is well acted. Yeah. It's charming. It's endearing. Yeah. Like, it's not offensive. 
Yeah, I don't remember if I recommended it before or not, but I would give this a light recommend. It's not a great movie, but it's like pretty watchable um, and it's a little silly and it's like a pretty good, you know. Like, I truly movie. think that if they had li- been able to license the music that this would have been like a, a, teen, a teen girl slumber party movie in the same oh, way yeah. Footloose and uh, Dirty Dancing yep. were. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you could probably have called the movie Girls Just Wanna and then like gotten away with it. Like, you know, or, or, or I think or that seems too weird and open. Ballpark. Girls just want to seems too open. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, that's that's asking also, for vandalism. Sure, 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 sure. I just feel like there's a way you give this a title that it sells a little better with your bad song. Also, if you're not going to get this any Lauper, like get better other music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at least you have that to fall back on. But yeah, it's a light recommend. This is like a six, six and a half out of 10. If we were to do that scale, which I'll we are seven. going to start doing, but. Yeah, I'm just slightly below you. I think that's that's fair. Um, and yeah, uh, most importantly, thank you all so much for being here. It is insane to have uh, people listen to this show. 250. And, uh, 250 episodes of it. Uh, and to have such a nice group of people supporting us on Patreon is, is fantastic. And we really appreciate that as well. Um, we don't say it enough. So thank you all so much. Thank for, you. Well, we do say it every episode, but we, you know. To, to call it out and say thanks in a big way. This is uh, a giant, important milestone for the show and something that's become really special for both of us. So um, I'm really grateful for all of you and, and really glad that you're here and uh, really appreciate you tuning in. If you like the show, tell two of your friends. That's uh, been the motto for a long, 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 long time. So we that's the easiest way to spread the word of this. So it's hard to do that on social media anymore. I don't know how to promote the show. I'm bad at it. If you're good at that stuff and you want to get in touch, dissectthe80s at gmail.com. Uh, frankly, for that matter, if you're like an artist or graphic designer and you'd be interested in doing some t-shirt designs or something, we would be interested in that. Um or stickers or whatever, um, get in touch with us and we'll, we would pay you. That would not, we're not like, give us your art for free. Uh, we would figure that out. So reach out. I'm not saying it'll be uh, something that you're, you might be like, ah, oh, that doesn't make sense for you financially, but reach out and talk to us. We would love to do some yeah. merch and stuff. So, uh, if you're out there doing that, please, uh, please get in touch at dissecting the eighties at gmail.com or any of the social channels, uh, at dissect the eighties on Twitter, dissect the eighties on Facebook. And yeah. And most importantly, as we said, Thank you for being here. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us every other week. And some of you have been doing that for 10 years, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Truly amazing. So thank you so very much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you. I do not remember what we said the next episode is. I'm like 99% sure it's 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I think it's that's not correct. That, it'll be check the socials. If it's not that, I'll, I'll and check the notes of this show. If it's not Turtles, I'll, I'll tell you. But that new Turtles movie looks fun, so we're going to do that. Um, yeah, and that'll be... Sponsored our, our by Pizza Hut, I wish. Should be. Should be. No, I mean us. Uh, th- oh, sure, sure. Well, should be. Uh, although I live in a Domino's house, I got to say. Uh, we'll take you there. Um, thank you all again so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until number 251. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.